0: Welcome to church. I'm really, really excited for what God wants to say tonight as we navigate. And we're not in a series. Normally, we'd preach in a series. We're not in a series. So we have the opportunity to preach a word that we feel that is in our hearts, that God has for us at this time. And it's not a complicated word. I think it's something that's going to stick with you, stick with me. I know it already is. It's leading us into what God has. I preached the table last week, and Mr. Phillips asked me to preach something of it again this week. Can you say with me, keep showing up? (laughs) <laughs> it's like teenagers at a dinner table. <laughs> Keep showing up. You got to shout it. Come on. I um, I've had the privilege of being around so many amazing people in my life, but probably the most amazing is a lady called Joy Lynette Van Pletzen. Yes, she's my mother. And um I, I learned I've learned so much from so many different people, but. We navigated a Sonora as a family when I was 19 years old, and we lost everything, and we were liquidated, and it was just a tragic, traumatic time, and I remember going back to our farm, which was part of the liquidation, and and being frustrated and wanting to be angry with someone. I had this rage inside of me, and my mom just kept smiling. Eventually, I got so irritated with her smile, and her optimism, and her hope, and her joy. I was like, stop it already. You can't. You've got to be angry. She's like, I'm not angry. And, and at the time, I didn't understand it. I just didn't know how someone could navigate life like that. I thought maybe a little bit of delusion, maybe a little bit of denial, maybe a whole bunch of things. But i realized subsequent to that, that the reason my mom could show up in that manner, show up in that way at such a difficult time of life, navigating such a difficult reality for our family, was every morning since I was three years old when they encountered Jesus for the first time, every morning of her life. Between five and hoppers five, she gets up and she shows up before her king. And that's showing up that she's never stopped. It's just never stopped. It didn't stop a day, not even the day that, that tragic things have happened. I've never seen her miss those moments. like the day can't start for her unless that moment happened. And her showing up in that space every time gave her the strength to navigate. I've seen a whole bunch of things being navigated. And I've realized there's the supernatural power to just showing up. Uh, I've, I've had sports coaches in my life, and they, they say, just keep showing up. You have a bad day, and and doesn't go well. Why? Because there's something supernatural, there's something powerful when we keep showing up in faith. See, there's a different currency, there's a different story, there's a different possibility. And I've been totally taken up by this amazing, there's a lady who we don't know her name, we don't know her background story, All we know about her and the only identifying dynamic of her story in the Bible is she's known as the woman with the issue of blood. She's known by her issue. The challenge of 2020 and COVID and all that's going on is a whole bunch of people are known by their issues right now. They're known by the guy with the challenge and the issue of work, the, the guy with the challenge or the issue of relational chaos, the, the, the person with the issue of divorce, the person with the issue of. And the enemy loves that. When he can keep people there with, with identity wrapped up with issues and challenges of this world, he's got us. But this lady does something spectacular. See, of, the Bible says 12 years she struggled with the issue of blood which meant for 12 years she would have hemorrhaged. For 12 years she would have been losing blood. For 12 years in an age where that wasn't just a challenge, it was actually meant it had social dynamic realities. In the laws of the day, she would have had to stay outside of community, not be in crowds, not be welcomed into homes. homes. She would have seen, be seen as something of an outcast. She would have worn the shame of that story in her life. That was the contextual reality for her at that time. So as we jump into that story, I want to read from Luke chapter 8 now and share a couple of thoughts about this amazing lady. Luke chapter 8. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. It's just the most spectacular story. Jesus is on route. He's got the crowd. He's got the... They are there. They have shown up to see Jesus do miracles, to see amazing things. Jairus, an important guy, comes. He says, a synagogue lead. He comes, says, my daughter's dying. He says, opportunity for Jesus. A dying girl, this is the one. But someone just reaches out and touches him. And he stops all that momentum, all that energy. He just stops. He says, someone's touched me. And my first point is the title of my preach. It's just this, keep showing up. Many years ago, when I was 31 years old, I know for some of you think that wasn't that long ago, but for me, it was a while ago now. I turned 42 yesterday. It's a number that's still trying to settle in my psyche and thoughts. My kids can't get their head around it. They think, that's a big number, Dad. They just keep telling me. And um, it was very encouraging. One of the church people phoned me yesterday, said, or actually sent a voice note saying, hey, I, I wasn't shocked by your age. I was shocked that your wife isn't eight years younger than you. Meanwhile, my wife's a year older than me. So it wasn't the most encouraging message I've ever got in my life. But um, but point number one is keep showing up. Uh, I never understood, and I'd heard this word. I'm not a medical guy, but I've heard the word anemia for many years. I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. Until 31 years old, I had fought with tonsils, which is a thing. My tonsils were horrendous. I went to a little ENT in Durban. He's a little guy. I said, I need these things out. They need to leave my body. They are poisoning me. And he said, there's a death rate, and you are high risk. I'm like, they tonsils. Kids have them out all the time. It's like All my mates had them out. My parents just missed the boat. It's actually bad parenting that I still have tonsils. So he said no. So I went to another doctor, because that's what you do when you don't get the one answer you want. And that guy agreed to take my tonsils out, which went great, by the way. Woke up all good the next day, feeling hundreds. Stay another night, Mr. Van Plessen. Nah, I'm good. I'm actually, it's my friend's funeral. I'm going to go. So I went to a funeral the day after having my tonsils out. I thought it was a great idea. Until we started to sing and I felt something wrong. Something was horribly wrong. What that was, was I'd hemorrhaged at the back of my throat from the arteries, and I was drowning. But there's this thing you can't do at a funeral. It's called dying. You, you can't do that at the funeral. You've got to time it differently. It just gets very awkward for everyone. It's not a two for one, so you're very casual, and you make your way out. Just like nothing's happening. Then you walk to the bathroom, and blood proceeds to come out. I'm not going to describe it because I realise blood's not something everyone loves. But but what happened is my wife ended up coming out. Everyone they rushed me to hospital, pulled someone out of theatre, put me into theatre, and it to save my life. And what they did is they pumped into my body seven pints of fresh frozen plasma. Now that's not the stuff they put in your TV. It's different. It's like blood without any good stuff. It's it's. It just fills the, the gap that the blood left, but it leaves you completely anemic. And for four weeks, I lay on a couch. Fortunately, it was the Tour de France, so I got to watch three weeks of Tour de France. But I was completely, completely anemic. I lay on a couch just watching TV, being fed, because I had no strength to do anything. And when I was reading one of the Bible commentators about this scripture, They went and did medical research, and this lady, after 12 years of bleeding, 12 years of hemorrhaging, 12 years, would have been horribly, horribly anemic. Every doctor she'd gone to was an effort. Every time she'd gone for help was effort, more effort. Every time she'd had to push her way into crowds and act like she wasn't there because she actually wasn't allowed to be there. So she could be at the next healing ministry story, be at the next thing, was effort that someone was pouring out who they didn't they didn't have the energy. She would have been horribly, horribly anemic. But what did she choose to do? And why does this story even take place? Did Jesus go to her or did she show up? So after 12 years of showing up. She woke up again and said, Jesus is here. I'm going to show up again. Because I think, I just think, something might be possible. And in her weak, fragile, frail state, she decides to show up. And an amazing, amazing miracle happens. You see, right now, and maybe in this room, and maybe you, you feel horribly anemic. Maybe you've been hemorrhaging in different ways, financially, emotionally relationally, spiritually, maybe uh, physically. Maybe there's a hemorrhaging happening in your life and it feels like every bit of energy or any effort to show up again, even tonight was a challenge. I don't know if I wanna show up because my story is a 12-year story. It's a 12-year story. It's a 2020 story of brokenness and chaos. For me to show up takes all the energy I've got. Well, I can only encourage you with the story of a lady who used to be known as the woman with an issue of blood. Who at the end of the story is just known as the woman. Why? Because when we show up with just the tiniest amount of faith, God loves to show up as the miracle worker, the wonder worker, the mighty one. Not a love about this story, it just says, and Jesus responds to this, says, Because of your your faith, you've been made well. He doesn't say your faith for healing. Just your faith. And I think sometimes we forget how much faith it takes some people to walk into the doors of a church, just to walk in, let alone actually talk to someone, (laughs) like I'm going to have to talk to people. It just takes faith. See, for her 12 years, she who could have had all the excuses in the world. It's been my story for 12 years. I might as well just get good at telling it. You know, people, when it's their issue, their story, people get good at telling their story. That's their narrative. I'm I'm this person with this issue, and this is my brokenness, and this is where I failed. And because that's a comfort space, we get stuck there because we get good at telling that story. Another story would become too much. Or it's against the rules. I shouldn't be in this. Yeah, so I shouldn't show up it's against the rules of what's possible in this life or everything's possible and or what about the self-awareness because in 12 years do you think people didn't know there's the woman that one remember the spoke about at bowls. don't know why I said bowls I don't know if they bowled in the Middle East I don't think that was a big thing and but, but there's, there's she. she would have known that the self-awareness would have been off the charts but she decided to show up even in spite of that. I want to keep encourage you, number one, keep showing up before God. If it's hopper's five in the morning like my mother, brilliant. If it's in the middle of the night, brilliant. But keep showing up before God. Keep showing up in community. Keep showing up. Why? Because we've said it so many times in the life of the church, but I'm going to say it again. A church without the broken is a broken church. We need the broken in the midst of us. Why? Because Jesus loves to bring healing and wholeness. I wonder how many people have kept showing up in this church over 180, 100 years from the days of chaos and brokenness and slavery in this city. And people kept showing up. Secondly, a simple point, verse 44, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. She didn't just show up. There was another action that was demanded of her called reaching out. She reaches out, pushes through the crowd, and touches the cloak of Jesus. She could have had a thousand excuses why showing up was enough. You think about it. Well, if he's God, he knows I'm here, he knows my stuff. I need to tell him to book a session. I don't need that. He's God, he knows the details. She could have had that, and it would have been a great excuse. She, she said, I, well, actually, someone else. What about Jairus' daughter? 12-year-old kid dying. It's their day. It's her day. It's not my day. I'm just going to go to the back of the line again. Why? Because I've got good at telling my narrative, so I'm going to stick with that. Now, sometimes... If this story encourages us, if this is something of a picture of what it calls to go on a journey of brokenness to healing and years and years of brokenness to walking completely free instantly, there's the stepping up and showing up and there's the reaching out to Jesus. The the Bible uses language like hunger and thirst. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, I don't know if you've done a marathon, I've had the privilege of doing some marathon racing in my life in KZN, where it's like a thousand degrees in the middle of summer. You get to the end, whatever they hand out, you just take and you drink. It doesn't matter. It could be the blue flavored pirate, not my favorite. I'll smash that thing. It'll be the the nachi this or the, it doesn't matter. It's the water. It doesn't matter. You're going to drink that thing. Why? Because you are thirsty. And when you're thirsty, and sometimes we forget how thirsty for Jesus we're called to be. So we're called to reach out. David understood this. He knew his circumstances. King David, the Bible speaks about the, the Goliath slayer. And he finds himself in a circumstance once where he's navigating, receiving this prophecy that he'll be the king. But then he goes on a journey, being chased by the current king, and he ends up in a cave. See, for many, lockdown's been a cave. I'm not talking the physical reality of being at home all the time, although that has a factor. Uh, the, the being constricted, the, the limitations, the dreams being held down, a cave. And the Bible says he's stuck in that cave with 400 dudes, discontented, in debt. Um, not the guys you want to hang around. And yet he goes his processes. And maybe you go, can I be honest with God? Well, let's see how honest David was. How long, Lord? Question Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would never say that to my wife, let alone the Lord, (laughs) but I'm just, it's just me. And um, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. If he just stopped there, it's not a happy song. That's not a victory. But he carries on. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. It's such an incredibly powerful statement of reaching out from the depths of a cave with 400 discontented, in-debt dudes and his circumstances being shocking, being chased by a king. He reaches out and he places himself firmly in the identity and the love of the king of kings. And it changes the game. It's this turning point in his story. So how do we reach out? Well, it starts with, I trust you. I trust your salvation. I trust your never-ending love. I trust you. It starts there. And David could have been overwhelmed by a circumstance, but he uses that amazing word, but. Lastly, I just want to read verse 45. It says this, who touched me, Jesus asked. I don't think he asked it like, who touched me? It's not that. He's not a germaphobe. It's like, why did you touch me? Sanitize. It's not what's going on here. I think it's Jesus, full of compassion. Who touched me? And when they all said, and Peter goes, Jesus, you're a bit, a bit mad now. There's a whole crowd. They're pushing in. Everyone's touched you. He says, Jesus, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told them why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. You know how exposing that would have been? That all of a sudden, a community where your health issue has affected your ability just to do life. She puts it all out there. Why? Because she'd been healed. But I love that incredible line. It just said, seeing that she could not go unnoticed. By who? I know when you read the Bible, I'm like, by who? She'd spent 12 years mastering the skill of going unnoticed just to go into public places where she shouldn't have been because of law and religious craziness. She'd mastered the art of going unnoticed. I don't think she couldn't go unnoticed by the crowd. I think she realized she couldn't go unnoticed by Jesus. And then Jesus uses the most spectacular word. He doesn't say, I've been touched. He says, someone has touched me. And at the heart of our religion, at the heart of what Jesus did, at the heart of the gospel is not just multitudes and crowds filling a building. It's someone. Someone. Planning churches, someone. Planning businesses for the kingdom of God, someone. Generosity, someone. Salvation, someone just so many amazing stories. In difficult seasons, the challenges we often, and the enemy loves us to feel unnoticed. We live in a world of, notice me. Lockdown came, realized a whole bunch of flick flacks on the trampoline. I thought that was cool, until I realized that he was rocking TikTok, like rocking it. I didn't know what TikTok was. It's like, what's that? Yes, I'm 42. I don't, I'm not on TikTok. And he's loving the fact that he's got all these followers. And he's doing crazier and crazier and crazier things, like backflips out of trees and stuff. It gets nasty. Why? Just to be noticed. And then you just got to go on social media yourself and realize we live in a world where people are crying out to be noticed. They don't know by who, so they... Wait for the thousands of likes of people they actually don't, will never meet. Statements that come from people they probably never meet having major effects on emotions when actually all we've ever wanted to do is be noticed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and our Father in Heaven. And this woman has this moment, and I think that was as profound as the healing was, I think there was another moment where she realized, not only did he heal me like some sort of healing statistic in the Jesus ministry movement, he noticed me. I think it would have been phenomenal for her, who'd lived a life of 12 years trying to hide. And I want to encourage us, encourage us tonight. That the God of heaven is a God who notices us. He notices. He knows. He knows. Maybe you came to church tonight and it's like, well, I just want to see if God knows. If you take anything away tonight, yes, the encouragement is show up. Yes, the encouragement is reach out. But I want to tell you what the greatest thing is. He notices you. He sees you. He saw this woman. And I love it. Jesus says in verse 48, Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. She got healing. She got noticed by the king of kings. But you know what she got? She got peace. 12 years of chaos, peace. 12 years of pain, peace. 12 years of shame, peace. 12 years of financial brokenness because of the sowing into doctors and medical bills, peace. Because Jesus gives us peace.